In this episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, it's part two of the last episode. We talk more stripper regulations and more locker room stories. You don't have to go home, and you can stay here. It's another episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. So if you're a club, you have to have, I don't know why that would be called regulated strippers. You have to have people with their permit on them. Right. Yeah. Because, like, Oregon doesn't have anything. So uh, that was going to be my next question is, what is your guys' perspective? Do you think we should have that or we should – or that's a pain in the ass. It's not worth what it is. I don't know that it makes much difference. I don't know. I'm, it doesn't bother me. I do kind of like it in the larger cities because that is more prevalent that there is underage sex trafficking and just sex trafficking in general. And having a license – prevents girls from working underage and I've worked with quite a few girls that were underage in Oregon because there is no like procedure and a lot of times clubs just look at your ID or they take your debit card as a backup form. I feel like a lot of clubs will require like two forms of ID or like I've had people ask for like a social security card things like that to verify that you are who you say you are and I feel like that kind of thing is important you want to verify. Yeah. You know, like even if they don't have a licensure. I feel like if your if your state doesn't have licensing, probably clubs should be required to like make sure people have multiple forms of ID to like make sure they I are. I mean, we are supposed are. to do that. Yeah. But not that the thing is that leaves more leeway for manager discretion. If everybody has to go through the same process, um, and that goes through a government agency, I think that it is a disadvantage when it is really expensive. Because I've heard of, and I think it's the East Coast. I've heard of a couple places that it's like almost seven hundred dollars to get your license. So it's it's about three hundred. So Vegas requires the background check and the work card and then also girls to get a business license and everything has to be renewed every year most places do you think that if you were working in a place like that i'm just trying to hit this from all the different angles would that have a filtering effect positive or negative on the people that you're working with like oh we're I'm I'm dancing with people who are quote unquote serious about this because I they're feel like actually going spend... to have more to do with how selective the club specifically that you're working at is than anything else. Yeah, and what they're looking for, that is that is the biggest indicator. Because honestly, most clubs don't give a flying fuck if you are a hot mess and you're a drunk or you're an addict. If you're skinny enough and you look young enough, you're probably going to get hired. Yeah. Real yeah, like there's there's more selectiveness based on your physical attributes and less about who you are as a person. Which I would think, I mean, maybe you can say something about this, but I would, from a manager's point of view, I don't think that I would be that way. I think you'd be like, I don't want to deal with someone who's just a nutcase. <clears throat> I mean, you, you, you don't want to. No, yeah. you're right. And I think I was, I tried to be selective. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not... Again, as someone who just like came into the industry from an outside perspective comparatively recently, like I'm not steeped in the tradition of management <laughs> discretion in the strip club industry. I don't know. It always made sense to me that I wanted people who were capable of holding a coherent conversation, seemed somewhat professional, punctual. Uh, you know, the attractiveness is subjective. I wasn't concerned about like getting my type whatever yeah. the fuck that is you know that's that's not my decision to make 
It's like, does this person seem to know what they're doing? Do they have the competence? Do they have the the coherence to be able to hold a reasonable conversation and then look like they know what they're doing? Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was more sense. important. It would make sense, first of all, to, to bother to, you know, to like, <clears> And it is worth more, mentioning that you know, I did. Because sales, so yeah. being able to actually have, like, decent interpersonal skills is important. It is worth mentioning that I became very cautious about my hiring. Um, when, I was, when I was still second in command, uh, the, the guy in charge was very, like, we hire everyone, and we especially want people that we can mold people that are like new to the industry Ew. that's how you know and that, was, so many right. and that was exactly my reaction personally but this is my boss that now. means like, i can uh, easily manipulate you, know. you into doing what Jerry i want really had a he had a specific thing he didn't he didn't like the house girls that we had and he wanted new dancers that he could like make team because the club that we the club we work at is not beginner friendly it is not a place to learn the craft to be honest i think and most of the girls are been in the industry for a minute they know what they're doing and they're there to go to work well some of them but i can't speak for everybody (laughs) but it's not like oh I'm 19 and I really want to try this because I saw a TikTok. This seems great. It means like that person, that naivety is going to lead to problems. I mean, oh God, I can think of somebody right now. But then we had Billy Bob. Point, oh, is, point, is, under that, point <laughs> is under that directive to be pretty indiscriminate about hiring. Uh, I contracted. Um, Someone who wound up immediately becoming the most unpopular person in the entire club, and she seemed reasonable-ish. Uh, but it was like literally within Wait, the week. Dancer or waitress? Uh, uh, dancer. Is this, uh, this is Dollar so. Queef, right? Yes. Dollar Queef. Oh, yes. She has been discussed as the queef like of the Dollar Queef. Oh, well, that's the we thing. Just, uh, she was like a somewhat different aesthetic to some, like you know. Yeah. Slightly different body type, not just the same kind of thing. I think the smarter business move always is managers who will hire like all types of women as far as like physicality. I think it's always the smarter business move, yeah. right? Because if you have a lot of variety, then any customers that come in, there's like, you know, different people are into different things, right? So it makes sense to have variety just because you're going to cater to a larger customer base. But also, the reason we didn't like that girl oh, yeah. wasn't was, because uh, she was bad shit crazy. There was, there was, was a, because she was the fucking worst. There was a lot. There was a lot. Uh, there was a lot. There was worse. There was all right. So at that time, at I'm that not time, sure whether or not if there was worse is a good standard to go by. There is a there's the a flavor the, for everyone is what I've learned. But then there's people that queep dollar bills across the stage. And it's like a fun party trick. I will say again that I thought that was funny. Everyone else was like, that is the grossest thing. And I was like, that is... Yeah, impeccable kegel. <laughs> it didn't bother me Good so much. Good for her. Uh, I don't know if that's the vibe we're going for. <laughs> very amusing. You know, very amusing objectively. Like, that's on my I think that also... The real problem with that girl was... It wasn't even that her personality wasn't, which it was annoying, but that wasn't even the issue. It's that whatever... Whoever she was talking to in the locker room, she would be talking to the person directly next to her and she would just be screaming at all times. Like, she was just... Yeah, a lot of... She was a really great um, example of the Midwest. 
Yeah. As so, she I was mean, from she the Midwest. Shots of Rumpelman. That's what she. Oh. Writes, so. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then there was like the stories of like. You know who also of, took like, shots of was, <laughs> Oh hell. And, Rumpelmans and, is. And her cooter balls. I'm sorry. What? Oh, she was like in her probably early to mid 40s. No, probably early 40s. We'll, we'll give her that. And um, she had these large, large breasts that just like dangled down, and she. Massive tits. That's the attitude you want for your titties. They were like massive. She was a feature. She thought. She thought there was something special about her. I'm like, no, you just have huge dangly breasts. Like, they were basically watermelon sized. Like, how how do you stand up straight? Oh, when she does. I think that ties directly back into there's a demographic for everything, though. You know, it's important to have a diverse group of body types. Yeah, I would. I would make sense. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily my thing, but I wouldn't judge anybody for it. I think. I, I'm only describing it that way as like, seriously, like you might want to think about a medical procedure. You that's got to hurt. Yeah, no. I mean that's the thing though is right when you talk about like hiring different like different looks, right? We all know the difference between someone who is just not your type, right? Like you can be not into a certain body type or a certain look, but that's not the same as you still understand the difference between somebody who's just not your type and someone who's just objectively unattractive, right? Like, well, but she would, do, but she thought she was the cat's ass and she would do this this thing on stage where she would put a shot glass between her legs and she was or very boobs. she moved it or, around she would balance it on no, her back like, she did it on her back but she would use her boobs as a distraction but she would spread her legs because she was very flexible and put a shot glass in between and have all the customers roll up these balls of dollar bills and if they could make it into the the shot glass then she would give them like a, oh, it a, was a um a, a thing of beer a growler of beer yeah she would get they <laughs> would get the growler <laughs> yeah she would sign it like i'm harlan i'm a feature or whatever but she would jiggle her large tits like to distract them which they barely i think two times and like she the, also broke beer she crushed beer cans with them that was another one of her moves she would yeah or she, okay that's i would uh, i would see that you would see it once and then you'd be okay i've seen it entertained there's nothing wrong with a good party trick. That's a great party. I, I, yeah, love, I, I, I love, love good party tricks. Yeah. I had to push back on the idea that that's a bad thing. It, we've on this on this show several times. It's like, well, if that's that's how you're making your money, right? And if she's People found a different approaches to like drawing the crowd in, and you know what? If it works for you, it works for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're mind? an objectively horrible person, she and was not a very nice. Shit personality. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a different story. I think that's the biggest grievance most girls have with other entertainers is when they suck. Like not like just as a human being, like it's not even You can do something I completely foul I literally foul do not as a stripper but be really sweet and you're like, "Oh my god, you go girl. Hell yeah." Yeah, absolutely. You know? like, it's like, it's Whatever. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how you get your money. I mean, to I mean, within the law abiding, but like if you just are awful, like Oh my god! I mean, really, I've only actually seen like a couple people get fired in the time that I've worked with a couple dancers, and both of them were just people that no one liked. It usually has to be pretty egregious too. Like so. you have to be doing something like really wrong to get fired. There was a time prior to all of you guys when I first <laughs> went to the stars, you couldn't even. Be, well, maybe not before you. Do you remember? She was nutcase, and. She was my idea of like you. You obviously can't get fired here. There, there were stories of her like throwing chairs in the, in the dressing room, and she'd get kicked out of there like once a, once a month or something. That like baffles that. me. That's I would not have. I would have bullied 
the one person above me on the accountability chain into firing someone who's yeah. throwing was, fucking chairs. That's like, nope, not doing that. If I is, have to do paperwork that might involve the police about your ass, you're done. That's it. <laughs> this end. was way prior, like I said, this was... You would think, though. Like, you would think it would... But no, sometimes it just depends where you're at and who you're working with, who's management and what the club environment is like. And who's they, the favorite and who who's pulls the favorite the money. And also who's tipping out the most. Yeah. I've seen a lot. And it, again, depends where you're at. But I watched a girl fuck the owner's nephew in a VIP room. Um, and she was allowed to do that because she tipped out regularly. Three hundred plus dollars a night. She also heard that it was the owner's nephew, probably. Well, that too. She admitted to one of the bouncers one night that she loved working with girls eighteen and nineteen because she couldn't wait to open up an escort agency in Portland. I mean, like the cops got called. One girl is like on the run right now and hidden because they robbed a guy of eight grand one night. Like this shit is like could be made into a movie. And she still would not get fired. And everybody was like, she's literally pimping girls out right now. Like, I'm watching her, and you're watching her on camera. And it was just because, you know, she was tipping out more than other girls were. And that's honestly, that's what the manager told me. He was like, well, she makes us money, and she's tipping us out, so... I'm really sorry. I'm not doing anything about it. In other jobs, that's called bribery. And that, yeah, and that is absolutely like that had a direct impact on my employment there. That's a pretty of this direct episode, tie in there. And actually. that's something that like I, uh, I was I was when I started, um, I was instantly fascinated, and I could not find any kind of communication network, any kind of forum for other people who were specifically security male staff members at a strip club there was there was nothing but i did find stripper web the dancers resource like i did find forums for people who worked in the industry specifically dancers um are definitely the most willing to share their opinions about stuff online uh (laughs) you know and um so i'd come through all that looking for like any kind of pointers any kind of, well, don't do this, maybe do this, you know, like, oh, you know, walk people out, turn their cars on for them, whatever. Any kind of tips, tricks. And I ran into a ton of accounts of predatory management and security who would bully people out of tips. Uh, and I made the mistake of then taking the lesson from that, that, oh, I just need to figure out how to earn my tips in a way that is comparatively ethical i need to not abuse my authority to get tips the lesson is that it really shouldn't be getting tips at all but also nobody ever explained that to me i mean the, all of our managers before that have got tips everyone yeah. has been and the whole time i've worked there for almost six years now everyone has been tipped as as management they all I get don't, tipped out by the dancers i don't even- I don't remember that. I I think when you started, I felt like people started tipping you more because you were a good manager. Well, and it was, I mean, the bouncers tip out the management, but then when you took over, yeah, that was just how it was because you were doing a job and everybody was just happy to have, like, new blood there. That was, it's, like... Well, and it's different. It seems, it seems like it's different everywhere. Uh, but it does seem like there is a big problem in the industry as a whole of just, like, shitty dudes in a position of authority using that authority to uh, essentially extort people.
people who they have control over. You know, I decide whether or not you work here. So give me money if you want to keep doing that sort of a thing. Do you find a large variety in the types of bouncers and managers you get as you travel around? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, for the most part, as a traveling entertainer, I've always been met with, if I fit the type that the club likes, I've always been met with a lot of positive experiences with that. Um, there's been a couple of times that though I've had a negative experience, um, and it's usually at smaller clubs. Um, I, I, I've noticed this though, as a traveling girl, I mean, and I'm not trying to speak on myself too highly, but when I walk in, you know, I, I usually have all of my ducks in a row and I know like club policies and I do a lot of research before I go to a club. And for the most part, managers enjoy fresh, fresh faces and also, um, responsible entertainers, but also ones who know what they're doing. And I will get personally invited in to money. And so managers in other areas are very quick to be like, hey, these dudes are coming in. They spend a lot of money. I'd like you to go talk to them. Or we've got a table over here. So, And then they will really kind of treat you like royalty. And it's weird. It's a weird experience coming from Oregon where Oregon's just like, yeah, I guess you can come. I guess. All right. Like, yeah, I mean, this is the schedule. You're going to be here five nights a week. Like, when I go go to bigger areas, like in Dallas, at least, like they were, I mean, it was like a grand tour. Like I've never felt, they were like, are you, how is everything going? Are you making money? How's everything good? Like, like, well, our makeup artist is here on site. Would you like them to do your makeup? Like it's shit like that, that kind of takes me by surprise. So that actually takes me by surprise too. I've yeah. I mean, I've gotten, like I've walked into multiple clubs now in other states where I don't even have to do an, an audition like you do in Oregon where you do a two-song set and get naked or even get naked in the manager's office that happens sometimes. Um, they I've literally heard, are like, they're that. like, yeah. oh my... <clears throat> right. There are, they, I mean, there's multiple reports even here in Oregon of like clubs where you have to give the manager a lap dance yeah. as part of your audition. And that seems weird. Yeah, the, part of the reason I... Part of the reason I asked her that question, and I can ask you too, uh, of like, is there a wide variety of the types of managers and bouncers that you get? But one of the reasons that it popped into my head is what you said about there isn't like a, a forum of, of bouncers out there. And I thought like, what would that forum be like? Because like in the, in the last episode that I edited anyway, um, they were uh, Kyle was bringing up a lot of like you need a certain mentality to do this job, and if other clubs were more tolerant of someone not having that quality, you get some pretty shitty people in the, that list. Actually, then that when we were talking about like certifications, licensing for dancers and stuff, uh, to my knowledge, almost everywhere, if not everywhere, that these types of businesses exist. One of the prerequisites for them is that you do have to have licensed security, but nowhere is there a specific training program for that industry and security in that industry. So the hiring pool for those those kinds of uh, or those kinds of positions is already limited to the whoever in wherever was the kind of person who would get a security certification, which qualifies you just as well to be a fucking mall cop as it does to work at a strip club. 
You know, it's, so it's not. It's a greed at it's Walmart. It's not a huge. Yeah. And I have been a mall cop. Uh, I have been a mall cop. I have been event security at concerts. I have worked doors at bars. And I can promise you that being able to pass the kind of security certification to be a fucking mall cop does nothing to prepare you for what you should be doing and the responsibilities you have at an actual adult entertainment venue. <laughs> Completely different. Yeah, one of, one of our bouncers was working at Walmart and then also working at the yeah. club. And it's like, I would see him at Walmart and I'd be like, oh, Walmart security is, uh, <laughs> as to, it's different than like policing lab dances. Thing. Very different thing. Um, so I did find like online security forums just for security in general. And every now and then someone would post something about, you know, like you search the thread for mentions of strip clubs or whatever. And you'd find someone being like, hey, I got offered this job. Should I take it? And the overwhelming response was always absolutely not. Uh, don't do that. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, it might be what I would tell people just from listening to the bouncers that have been in here. Just that. Like, I think I think it can actually be a really engaging uh, job. If you if you do have the right mindset, I don't know what that mindset is specifically. I don't know how to replicate it. I don't know how to find it. But it's, no, because you left us. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, but the point is, if you think you should get a job at a strip club because it seems fun, you're not the guy. Yeah. That's not the reason. You're not the guy. That's not the thing. Yeah, it's like working at a strip club is like knowing what hot dogs are really made out of, and I will always <laughs> say that. Like, it's just once you reveal, you, it's like in. Wizard of Oz, when you reveal pull the, back curtain, the curtain, pull back the curtain, you're like, oh, oh I don't know if I like this so much. Like, I this kind of. To be fair. Working at a strip club will ruin the strip club for you immediately. You know, and to be fair, I've had that experience in other industries, like working in the music industry. Like, you know, you might really like the music someone makes, and then you meet them in person, and you're like, wow, that person. Uh, is a massive asshole that I never want to speak to again, and I don't want to give them another dollar, you know, working in the cannabis industry. If you like smoking weed... Say goodbye to enjoying strip yeah. clubs in your free time. There's no, there's no overlap between those things. You can't do both. Yeah. We do. I mean, Jake and I did have fun during but our But I, I enjoy them from a different perspective. <laughs> it's not boring. Yeah. It's the not the boring. illusion is destroyed. Yes, for sure. the illusion, yeah. It's, yeah. I would imagine you guys would just have, it'd be easier to have fun in a, in a club that you didn't work at. Yeah. Actually. I mean, if I'm not currently working at I just took a guy to a club that I used to work at in Portland on a night out. And I was so drunk. And I was like, you get a dance. You get a dance. I'm buying you a dance. Everybody gets lap dances right now. You became and the I, Oprah of the strip club? I did. <laughs> and I was like, and then I woke up in the morning and was like, how much money did I fucking spend? And then I knew some people, so I was like, everybody gets love today. And I was like, and then he was like, wait, I don't really go to strip clubs that often. Like, are, are you sure we should do this? And I'm like, yes, throw money. She's twerking on you. Do it. I'm like, do it. And I it just. To be fair, I do enjoy going to other strip clubs um, very much. But it's because I like to identify like the really shitty, cheap demanding guys who are sitting at stages like you know the guys dangling the dollar like tucking it in their shirt like they think you're gonna vacuum it off their fucking collar with your pussy or something (laughs) i don't know what they think they're gonna get for a dollar but it's not much and uh, just walk up with like a stack of a hundred ones. Oh, and be we like, fired yeah, the only girl that can probably it, do you know. that. Honestly, you're yeah. the worst to go to strip clubs with because 
you get too invested in like chatting with the staff like you're talking with the, the <laughs> I get curious you know, work there you're like you're talking to the security or whatever about like how their job runs and just all the like technicalities of the club and I'm kind of like well I had to go in come on we're gonna look at some titties now well we had to go in for I want to know the job. logistics behind the titties, okay? <laughs> That's our next podcast. <laughs> no, Jake and I had to go in for my other job, and I'm just like, there's all these beautiful women dancing around. They're just like, hey. And I'm like, what POS system do you use? <laughs> <laughs> I asked that when I went to Rouge. I, I, I grilled I them about Rouge. their POS system, and the bartender was like, uh, I I mean, I guess it's kind of inconvenient, actually. Like we and started showing me like the the room separation functions and shit. I was like, oh yeah, that's garbage. Ours is garbage too. Uh, you know, it's it's weird when you're in the industry. The things that you point out when you're at a different strip club. Like we had a blast. Like hanging out with the dancers and stuff, but then I'm asking for POS systems and, like, all this other shit. And, like, I'm like, which one is the bitch? Which one is the, like, (laughs) (laughs) beep. (laughs) Thanks, you guys saved me a lot of work there. (laughs) Hey, we're not, yeah, we're not here to cause specific drama. Oh, you're leaving? I have to leave. Okay, bye. Yeah, Brad, I feel like you're going to have to do some chopping and screwing on this one. You're going to have to do some editing. Yeah, well, I mean, to make this coherent. Yeah. Oh, before you leave, can, were you there on Saturday night? I was not. Oh, never mind. Okay, you can go. Were you there? We're, uh, this, this could be like our, this could be like the end of it. How long are we on? Um, we have been going almost an hour. We've got five more minutes. Right. Perfect. I want to talk about the Admiral, the Admiral special. <laughs> the Admiral feast. <laughs> That's what I was mentioning earlier when you said the dressing room gets called something, and I was like, it gets called a lot worse than that. The Admiral's <laughs> Feast? Which I had to ask Amanda what this was about, or what, what it meant. Cause oh, what's the Admiral's Feast? Is that different than Captain Crunch? It's the seafood it's a lot of It's a lot it's of shellfish. Fancy, it's I guess. Yeah. I, wanted yeah. to get, I wanted to get somebody here from like Planned Parenthood or like in the health industry to talk about BV and how it can affect people in like the dressing room or the lap dance area. But I guess the lap dance area last Saturday just smelled rancid and Andrew came out and he was like, did somebody order the Admiral Feast? And the Admiral Oh no! That's See, that's, that to. is you asked what I missed and the things I missed. Yeah, are those, the, those the moments night. of camaraderie. Where we can you all know. sit together, like the dancers are the yeah. in the back, and like. And truly, I have worked at a million fucking jobs where whoever is making all the money off everyone else says we're like a family here, and that was no different at this place. But it really was closer to my family experience than any other place I've worked. It was just wildly dysfunctional, but still oddly. <laughs> oddly close bonded you know like everyone in that building no matter how wildly disparate we were was still closer to each other than we were to everyone outside the fucking building it's still us versus them sometimes it's no yeah you're all yeah we're talking about there's i think there's like a meme about that it's like you don't know their last name, you know, you don't talk to them outside of there, but you know everything. It is about that their weird thing where you'll make like friends like, at work, but you have like friends that you work with that you feel like are like 
You know, like good friends of yours, but you don't remember what their real name is. It's like a weird. I run into yeah, I run into people once in a while around town, and and every dancer I've run into, my brain immediately is like, I don't know what to call you, and they're like, oh, just what? And I'm like, no, I mean, I literally don't know what your actual people name. Is. Or do I? And I don't know if I'm supposed name? to. Yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to call you by your stage name here because this is not that place i just think so i always feel like i'd rather stick with the stage names because like i'd rather call someone by their dancer name in public right than accidentally start calling people by their real name at the club so i just give them enthusiastic and it's funny because i could like i mean i've fought with i've been there for fucking 14 years now i just somebody did the math for me we're the only two that have our real names there i literally think we're the only ones there that actually have our like true names to be fair that's partially my fault because i it just made sense to me to have like an alias i know no one offered me that and now i'm sad why weren't you there then Uh, my name is cat i was meant to be a a it's like college it's never too late yeah Yeah, because um because i was in probably a different state and not old enough to work there when Cat started, at least. So. By like several months. Okay. I feel like also, I don't know. I feel like if I had a more, like, if my real name was a more, like, stand, like a name that you heard a lot more, I would care a lot less. I'm like, I was super big on customers having my real name because it's, like, an unusual name. So I yeah. feel like it's, like, so then they go and find my social media and all this shit because I'm, like, the only one. So it's, like, super easy to find. But I feel like if you have a name that's, like, pretty common, it matters a lot less. Like Amanda. Yeah. You're going to type Amanda in on Facebook and, like, ever. find your profile. That's insane, right? There's, like, so many. But yeah, because my first name's like yeah. very unusual. I yeah. feel like I'm like less inclined to have customers. Yeah. Well, I was raised Catholic, and my name's Catherine. It's supposed to mean pure. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the mark on that one, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it is a dysfunctional family. That's what I was, I was gonna say. Like, there's people that I will fight with. I've fought with for over the years, and now I'll go have drinks out with them. Like, we hate each other. There was a phase where you and I didn't get along. There was a phase. It turned around. We realized that there was someone else who was there pitting was everyone against each other. <gasps> he but... doesn't know the newest story. Oh my god! Okay, maybe uh, save it for podcast. save it for later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Uh, so... Signing off to go sip some <laughs> well, tea. Well, here's someone passed out on the bathroom floor. Oh, tell you about that. Um, so here's to here's to family. Um... <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Patterson. Yes. A cheers to backside kegs and yeah. family. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I, I was the DJ briefly as well. That was really fun. Anyway. Oh. Cheers, guys. Oh, cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Yes. But, hey, cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Brad. Thank yeah. you, Amanda. Thank you, Kat. Now that we're friends again, because apparently we had a rough patch. <laughs> Everybody else was knew. Like you didn't hear it half ago. That was before I even became the manager. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right, well, I'm Kat. I'm Amanda. I'm Brad. Thanks for joining in uh, behind the maker. Bye. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Our theme music is by Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Cakes. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime, you might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. 
We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com.